There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face, and I know that it's the presence of the Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us filling us with your love. And for these blessings, we lift our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, New Church. Good morning and hello on this fifth Sunday of Lent, and welcome to the ongoing Lenten sermon series, Preaching the Blues in a Post-Soul World, inspired by the work of the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III, whose book, Blue Note Preaching in a Post-Soul World, Finding Hope in an Age of Despair, has inspired and informed Dr. Joe's Lenten preaching and will also inform my preaching today. Welcome one and all who are worshiping with us live, as well as to those who are joining us at some other time, wherever and whenever this service and sermon reach you, welcome, and may you be blessed. This Lenten journey that we take on our own and in community has felt much longer this year, for some of us perhaps even much more painful. I wonder if that's just me or if you feel the same. I'm sure we can list all the things, not least this pandemic, all the things that have made this Lent all the more troubling. In recent days, many of us have joined our Asian siblings and siblings of Asian descent in mourning the loss of six Asian women to racist white terrorism. We remember these women today and say their names. Xiaojie Tan, Daoyu Feng, Sun Si Park, Hyun Jung Grant, Yong A. Yue, and Sun Cha Kim. Many of us have stood in solidarity with our Asian siblings in decrying the ongoing anti-Asian racist violence occurring all over this country, even as we continue standing with our Black siblings to cry out that Black lives matter, that all Black lives matter. Some of us have lamented the recent death of, and thus say the name of, Diamond Kyrie Sanders, a Black trans woman, who was the 11th victim of fatal anti-trans violence this year that we know of. 
Some of us may be standing in solidarity with our Palestinian siblings as they continue to respond to the surge in violence against them by the state of Israel. Some of us may have taken part in a recent Lambda Legal Dallas discussion regarding 30, 30 anti-LGBTQ bills being considered in the 2021 Texas legislative session with the full knowledge that these bills have a high chance of being passed into law. How long, O Lord, we might be asking, where are you, O God? Jesus knew a thing or two about the kinds of trouble, the kinds of pain, the kinds of sorrow that humans encounter. Now my soul is troubled, says Jesus in today's gospel reading. The Greek allows for multiple translations so that we could just as easily replace soul with heart or life. My heart is troubled. My life is troubled. My very being is troubled. This word refers to a conception of life that acknowledges that life is a gift from the creator. It acknowledges or recognizes that our souls, our lives, our hearts are connected to God and to creation, connected to humans and to other than human living beings. And so we might imagine all that isn't said when Jesus says, my soul is troubled. And when he asks, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. Next week, we will hear about Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. And soon enough, we will recall his death and dying. And shortly thereafter, we will remember and celebrate his resurrection. We are nearing the holiest of weeks in our Christian calendar. But before we get there, we have this very real, very human response to what Jesus knows is coming. On Ash Wednesday, our gospel reading asked us to think about how we pray, how we practice this Christian life. It asked us about our priorities. On the first Sunday of Lent, Jesus was baptized, and Mark reveals one of the most arresting lines in the Gospels. A voice came from heaven, Mark tells us, and that voice said, you are my son, you are my child, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. On the second Sunday of Lent, Jesus spoke to Elijah and to Moses, and the disciples who were with him didn't know how to respond to such a dazzling moment, but they thought that they should build three dwellings, three houses maybe, three hotels, to mark such an occasion, which we know was the wrong response, but perhaps a response with which we can identify because Mark tells us the disciples didn't know what to say, for they were terrified as I'm sure some of us would be in that situation. And we hear the voice of God again. This is my son, my child, the beloved. Listen to him. On the third Sunday of Lent, Jesus prophesied his death and resurrection, which his disciples would remember after Jesus was raised from the dead. We continued to get a glimpse toward what we know is coming. Last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent, the gospel lesson told us about the depth of God's love. And we heard a famous verse that isn't always used to demonstrate how expansive and inclusive 
we know God's love is. And therefore, following Jesus' example, we endeavor to enact God's love even as we recognize the ways in which what we Christians know as the love of God can appear in many other kinds of social and cultural situations unrelated to Christianity and in many other religions as well. God's love can't be contained by Christianity, and thank God for that. Reverend Dr. Otis Moss tells us, the joy and shouts heard on Sunday morning are deeply tied to the blues of Good Friday. Sunday morning is impossible to conceive without the blues of Calvary. He tells us, you cannot get to that moment, that moment of a shout, without dealing with the pain of Friday. And thus, we have a moment here in John's Gospel, one of many moments, I might add, that is a blues moment, a blues moan. But this blues moan of despair, which when we read this pericope, we can miss because it goes by in a flash. This moment of despair does not end in despair. Jesus may have had a blues moment. He may have expressed a blues moan, but God, Abba, Jesus' loving parent, gives him and us a gospel shout, a preview, we might say, of the loudest of gospel shouts that we will celebrate come April 4. What does God say to Jesus in response to Jesus' comment and question? John tells us that a voice... A voice came from heaven. That should be, by now on the fifth Sunday of Lent, that should be a familiar refrain because we've heard that voice before. A voice came from heaven, and what did this voice say? The voice said, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. That it being God's name. John's Jesus recognizes what he has to do, and God's voice. What God says perhaps reminds Jesus that God has got him. God says, I got you. God has been with Jesus from the beginning, and God will not abandon him. But this isn't a rosy picture, is it? Because we know what will happen. The blues moan and the gospel shout are contained within these few lines. Sister Joan Chittister reminds us that in Advent, we waited for the fulfillment of a promise. On Christmas, we experienced the joy of the divine coming into contact with the human, a miraculous embodiment of divinity and humanity that connected our souls to God and to each other and to all of creation. But in Lent, she tells us, in Lent, we are brought to our knees in the face of the awesome idea that the divine had reached down to us that we might reach back. We are, and I repeat, we are brought to our knees in the face of the awesome idea that the divine had reached down that we might reach back. Today's gospel lesson shows us one such moment when Jesus reached back to God, and God responds with God's voice, which Jesus tells us, according to John, was for the sake of those who were around him and not for his sake. 
I don't know that I'm convinced that Jesus didn't also need to hear God's voice. I think he heard exactly what God said, while the others who were around him only heard a thunderous voice or sound. Perhaps Jesus, in a moment of vulnerability, was trying to convince himself that this voice was more for the people than for him. Whatever the case, God and Jesus were reaching towards each other. And for me, in this time of sorrow and pain and transition and frustration, for so many, for far too many, that's what matters. There is deep joy in that moment, that reaching towards, that reciprocity, that mutuality. We know how this story ends. And we might argue that given what we do every do and say every Sunday, this story has yet to end. This story is an ongoing one, an ever-present reminder of our past, present, and future realities. We know that death will not have the final word. We know what Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? We may recall what the metaphysical poet John Donne wrote nearly 400 years ago. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkest thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. Or we might remember Mahalia Jackson's stirring recording of How I Got Over, which she also performed live at the 1963 March on Washington. In the song, she wonders, how I got over, how did I make it over? You know my soul look back and wonder, how did I make it over? Later in the song, she sings, I want to thank God for how he brought me. I want to thank God for how he taught me. Thank my God how he kept me. I'm going to thank him because he never left me. Infused in those words are the histories, the legacies of her ancestors and her contemporaries, caught in what the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said was an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. At the end of the gospel lesson we heard today, Jesus says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. John tells us that Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. We know how the story ends. On this Sunday, before Jesus enters Jerusalem, we should sit with the reality of the death that will come. We should really sit with it, with the blues moan, even as we remember the gospel shout that is surely on its way. Shao Jia Tan, Dao Yu Feng, Soon Si Park, Hyun Jung Grant, Yong A Yue, Sun Cha Kim, Delena Ashley Yan. Paul Andre Michaels, Diamond Kyrie Sanders. Twice in the past few weeks, God has spoken in these gospel lessons, and twice God says, this is my beloved. I want to say to you, 
that that is what God is saying to you today, what God is saying to us. God is saying, you, my child, are my beloved. God is saying, you, new church, are my beloved. That is the sweet, sweet spirit of God who says that to you, to us. I pray you will know and experience that even more today as you continue in loving God, loving neighbor loving all creation, and loving yourself. Let us pray. Divine organizer, whose light and life saturate our world, through you our very bodies are animated and agitated for justice. Soothe us, center us, and drive us from comfort to do the work of your people in the world. Though we may face the tools of evil and bear the scars of excessive force or unjust weapons, do not let us be overcome. Let us not be at peace until there is justice in our midst, that we may bear witness to the transformative power of Jesus Christ today and always. Amen. Amen.